0: Episode one hundred and something of the podcast Cinema Flavor. We are very excited to do this. This, by the way, was not a planned episode at all. I, I did not think that there was going to be a Star Wars talk at all. I got a notification earlier today on my phone saying that the theater in my town was going to be open, um, and. They were showing like ten movies and one of them just happened to be Empire Strikes Back, so I was like, Yes! Yes. Cause look. Anytime you get to watch Star Wars, good day. Doesn't it doesn't matter. You get to watch Star Wars, it, it was a good day. But when you get to watch Star Wars on the big screen, that's that's extra points right there. I was like I actually felt like the actual serotonin in my body because I was I felt like the, the same way I felt like when I watched The Force Awakens or any of the sequel trilogies that have come out, you know, any of the movies that have come out in the sequel trilogy, right? Because it's like, dude, I could just see Star Wars on the big screen, go out there, hardly any people. I still think the COVID thing is is scaring people away, which is fine with me because I get to watch a movie. Uh, weirdly enough, there was like two families in there. They, they toughed it out as well. Hopefully they... uh they didn't get sick. Hopefully, I didn't get sick. Yikes. I did sanitize though. Sanitized. Wore a mask. All the all the good stuff. So should be should be all right. It was it was a, it was amazing though. It's amazing because one I've never seen episode five um, on the big screen like that. I've only ever seen the sequels. I've seen uh, the Phantom Menace. Uh, that's really about it. You know, there have, very rarely is any opportunities. Oh, when they show Star Wars like that, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe that was like a, a thing George Lucas didn't want when he was, uh, when he was still an owner. So, but shout out to Disney for doing that. If if that's what it is, I mean, they're celebrating the 40th anniversary, which is I, I I know it's a big deal, but at the same time too, you don't really need to do that. Plus, too, with COVID, it's a lot of things, you know. So to see Episode Five, amazing. I do want to talk about though, because it's. Again, because this is only the second time I have been to the theaters in, I guess, the last two months. I did get to see Tenet for, like, the first half. I'm going to see Tenet again tomorrow, so that'll that be good. We'll get a review up on that. But just going to the theaters and getting that experience again, it's... Weirdly enough, it wasn't the same as it was the first time, I guess, just because it was finally going back to a theater it was good. When I went to the one I went to now, which is the AMC, um, it was completely dead. Uh, usually in the AMC, they have like these little booths where well, they give away stuff. And then they have like a bar, right? It just, like when you go in there, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. Which, you know, it always kind of adds to the theater experience. This time, it was completely dead. Uh, boxes kind of everywhere, you know. It just, it didn't, it didn't really feel, it didn't really feel. I didn't really feel all that right, you know. But it was still just good to be in a theater, seeing trailers. By the way, Robert De Niro. I'm not. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. You are just old, and you're just cashing a check. I don't like. You've already you've made amazing movies already. So I don't blame you for making movies like War with My Grandpa, which I'd seen the trailer for this, and I was like, what? Who is who is watching this? That's the people I'm mad at. I'm I'm mad at the people who are just like, oh, that's so funny. It's so funny to see uh Robert De Niro uh reference another gangster movie that he wasn't even in. They did like The Godfather with the the horse in the in the bed, but it was it was a snake. And on top of that, too, De Niro wasn't even in that Godfather movie. It was just like, the the, for some reason studios just know how to hit a pulse, with like suburban families, right, they just, they know how to, like, just make them lighthearted laugh, and just, just get a, just a big group of them just to go see this stupidity that is War With My Grandpa. It just looks like another one of these, uh, obviously it was a kid's book, probably, and they adapted it, and they got De Niro, who, they probably gave him, like, a cool, just 300k, right, just to come up and just make some funny faces, and, you know squint his eyes and whatnot. I'm not mad at you, dude. You've, like, you, like, you're a taxi driver. It's fine. You've you've established yourself as the greatest, right? Now you just kind of leisurely do it. I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would just take, like, the Joe Pesci route and just kind of go off somewhere. Hopefully, De Niro, you don't have some weird money problem. That would, I, that, that would even bum me out more. But I, I'm looking at this movie, I'm like, it just collectively, even, even the families that were in there with me, the, the two of them, Even they were just, like, chuckling. At all the parts you're supposed to chuckle, it's robotic. It's almost kind of... It's creepy. It's creepy because it's, like... It's... Something in their head just goes... (laughs) Right? Laugh. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Right? Oh, it's so funny. Oh, we have to go... You know, Tony, we have to go see that now. It's like, what are you... What are you doing? You're adding to this. I don't even know why I'm mad at it. I'm not going to watch it. But... Regardless, it is what it is. Um, That was, like, one of the few trailers... Every trailer that they showed, it was something i already seen, like, 900 times already prior. Um, They showed the Wonder Woman trailer. I think they showed No Time to Die. It's... I mean, it it also adds to the depressing part of it. Because you're looking at these movies going, I don't know when I'm ever going to see this. I know that all these movies just got put. Like, they had another huge push today I saw... A lot of the big blockbuster movies that were supposed to come out that were in, you know, delayed indefinitely are now being pushed to like May of next year. So something tells me that like the next couple months for the or at least for the rest of this year, like whatever it actually does come out in theaters is just going to kind of be um, maybe a movie that's big enough uh, to come out or it's just going to be a lot of like Star Wars, you know, per se uh, that's, mm, it, it's, it's not great, but at least if you can open that and just kind of get people back in and kind of get a flow of things where you can maintain everything and you just go, okay, you know, if you could keep the amount of people who are getting sick, like down to a minimum monthly, right, and just kind of work your way down from that, I'm sure that this will be great for the theaters, you know, this is almost like you're working out of muscle again, getting at the operations just just going, you know, because it's, you know, people need to work. People, you know, want to go to the movies and whatnot, right? We need to get that kind of thing going back again. It's, it's weird, too, because, like, the theater I went to where it's around, there's a lot of businesses and there's a lot of, you know, like when you leave the theater, you just always see people during the weekends, right? There's, like, a big Bass Pro shop there. There's a big, like, Red Robins and just seeing all that stuff kind of, get back to normal, sort of, whether at least like putting people outside, it just, it feels good. It almost feels like the norm again, which is exciting. It, it definitely makes me happy that maybe at some point we could actually get back to normal, sort of, you know, at least as far as people just not getting sick. We'll probably have to wear masks for, you know, maybe by the end of next year. You know, whoever honestly... Just as long as it's going to take. That's really, you know, honestly, we probably should just stop putting a time on it. Because it's only going to be more depressing when we get there. And then it's like, oh no, this thing is still very much what it is. So it could be years of just wearing masks and being outside and just, you know, wiping your hands with sanitizer and all that stuff. That's going to be great for those companies. Start just keep investing in that stuff. Uh, But yeah, the theater experience itself was forgivingly was a little dull and it it is what it is it's at least good to have that again like when i walk through the corridors trying to get to the the screening and i'm seeing all these posters and stuff it's like oh yeah i can't wait to actually see that if it does come out right the quiet place part two there's a movie called antlers that i forgot all about that but as soon as i saw the poster i was like oh that's right antlers i was so stoked for that trailer When it came out, I saw it, and just it looked like it was like this like creature that's living in the woods, and this kid finds out about it. He's drawing it, and it just looks like a like a small town is being harassed by this big creature thing. Uh, I'm a sucker for just big creatures, monsters like that. So Antlers was like, it it always just immediately goes right back up to I want to go see that. Then I saw the the poster. I was like, yes, please put that on a VOD. That's a perfect VOD movie, especially right now. I think this month in October, that'd be fantastic to put that out. Just something really creepy. Um, yeah. So that was that was the experience itself. Watching Star Wars uh, like this, I, I I when I went to go see this, I was like, how am I going to experience this movie? I almost wanted to experience it like I saw Episode Four for the first time. And now I'm waiting to see what happens with Empire. Like, I wanted to be the person in 1980 who had been waiting the three years, right, to see what happens with Star Wars again. Or it's like, oh, cool, more Star Wars. Star Wars was huge. And to go to the theater and see it and trying to take in everything. Like, how would I react if this was the first time I had saw this movie? Because... Episode 5, out of all the Star Wars movies, is my absolute favorite. I have seen it the most times. It, it's, it never gets old. That movie ages like a wine. And it's fantastic. Um, but I was like, well, since I'm in a theater, maybe I could watch it and kind of enjoy it again. Maybe like it even more in a different way. And that is exactly what happens. Go see it. And I'm like watching the stuff with Hoth. And and seeing like you know Luke get stuck out in the cold with the the Wampa taking him out, it's like oh wow dude, this mo- like this movie really does kind of open with some some real heavy stuff right away right you're thinking that Luke's gonna die because he got you know hit with this this big animal I remember the first time when I when I watched it again today I immediately thought that was a probe I don't just in my head I was like oh yeah that's right this is the probe part but it's like you know that actually kind of takes place a little bit later, weirdly enough. It almost it doesn't almost happen until, like, almost 20 minutes in. The other thing that's really interesting about this movie is the uh, practical stuff of it. I, th- I think that's probably the thing that drew me in the most as a kid, is that you're looking, like... When Han first walks into that hangar, um, after he's done his rounds with Luke, and he's walking through, and he's walking underneath, like, the wing of an X-Wing and there's uh, astromech droids uh, whizzing past him, and he's looking at Chewie, and there's just all kinds of peoples and in, and, and uniforms, and there's all this type of machinery. It just it looks cool. It almost makes you want to be a part of that just because you know something important is going on. It feels like a like a big business. This big business is functioning, and there's there's just a lot going on, and there's you know, so many things to look at and do. It just... It almost feels like you're walking around a theme park. I think the Galaxy's Edge stuff probably feels like what this set of the movie feels like, and that's probably the thing that would probably draw me the most to go see Galaxy's Edge. Is just the fact that you'd feel like you're on a movie set. I can only imagine how fun it probably was, or actually, it probably wasn't fun. It, it, you know, behind the scenes, it, you know, it, it was probably a huge headache. There's probably people walking all over the place because you have those people, then you have a crew on top of that. So uh actually shout out to uh, Ivan Brightman for for doing that. I, I tend to forget that George Lucas didn't actually direct episode 5 and 6. And maybe for good reason. I mean like it's it's weird. I, I hate to say this but like episode 5 out of all the Star Wars movies is the one with the most quality, I, w- I would say. It's the one that's the most mature for its um for what it is. I think it matured Star Wars to a, a a good measure. Uh it's considered one of the best sequels to a movie I think from episode 4 to episode 5. The 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 amount the attention to detail to other things uh just to that movie is amazing. Just it really did continue that story. It really felt like hey, if we're going to do episode 4 or a sequel to episode 4, um let's actually show these characters growing. That that seemed like that was the biggest thing of getting Luke to not just be this kid who's on a rock just kind of uh, attached to his aunt and uncle uh just wishing to get off it G- you know get a- getting away from tatooine and here he is now away from tatooine on the extreme measure he's now in the middle of the uh you know d- deep regions of space on this you know planet that has no population or anything hiding from the gal, you know from the empire it it just felt like you know putting luke in that situation and showing him that you know inevitably he he is ready to start being a jedi or that he at least has the spirit of that you see uh anakin's kind of toughness and strength in in luke you know and i that also goes back to the prequels and i you could actually kind of see there's a lot of detail to how the prequels actually play into these movies. Matter of fact, I think even everything—it just watching this movie and and the way like Disney has really added some little—it feels like the things that they have actually added are are a lot more Easter egg ish, right? Like stuff like there's a part where the snow speeders are going to look for uh, Luke and Han just to find their bodies, and one of them is called Rogue Two, which they all that stuff came from Rogue One. That was like a, a little nod. Right, and you're watching that going, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Now, like, when i seen this movie, just to do it, it immediately makes you think of Rogue One. Now it makes the galaxy feel even bigger. But stuff like seeing Luke's character and seeing uh, his similarities to to Anakin, that's the kind of stuff you go, that's incredibly interesting. Now it makes me feel like watching the prequels as well. You know, so I, I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate... If if Disney Plus ever did like a show, like if, the, if if there's one show they really should do, I should probably reword that. I really think a a Yoda teaching Jedi kind of show would be amazing. Like it it I mean it could be on Dagobah. I think it'd be really interesting to see maybe some Jedi that escaped Order 66 or were just in the deep regions of space already, maybe on a mission. Uh, we're able to go see Yoda on Dagobah and learn how to use the Force better. Right, ultimately, kind of unlock some some potential that they have in them. Unlock some things with the Force they probably didn't know. It seems like Yoda could, and and his teachings could have been something really really deep. Cause I love I love the way they approached it in this movie now. Um, just watching Luke right and his his want for something just quick. And Yoda's showing him to slow down and to breathe, and that's, he's getting emotional. And when you get emotional, you get irrational, and you can't do things, right? Everything, whatever thought pops up in your head immediately becomes your reality. And he was trying to show Luke that, and showing that he was wrong for doing that. Showing him that when his X-wing fell into that lake, and Luke was like, dude, this is different from stones, like, you're, you're dumb, you, you, don't even know, right? The force doesn't work that way, you know. I've been using it this way. I, I can barely grab my lightsaber. Like I'm not gonna grab this X-wing. Walks away, puts his head down. You just see Luke just becomes disheveled, and when Yoda literally pulls that thing up just with with ease, I was like, dude, I badly want to see Yoda just just his teachings. I don't want to see Yoda spinning around like a toy. I don't want to see him, like, fighting in the Clone Wars, just Yoda teaching, and and potentially even Yoda himself just learning, right? Getting some experience, maybe some Jedi that taught him when he was fairly young, to, you know, depending on whenever he got trained, right? I know the whole thing is that the mystery of Yoda is, but I feel like the Mandalorian's trying to crack away at that, and plus, too, it's Disney. They own it, you know? What you could really do with Yoda and just kind of give him some some backstory and just kind of give him some investment, I think that would be amazing for Disney Plus. Just give it like that—that that Mandalorian treatment. I mean, Dave Filoni, John Favreau—I'm sure they would do amazing with it. Or you know, maybe Taika Waititi. There's there's a lot of creative people who could do something with Yoda, and that'd be that would be great. And again, that also just adds to the experience that I was trying to give. Of I'm watching this movie for the first time, just trying to treat it like that, looking at Yoda. And I'm like, you know what? I definitely would have thought that was Yoda, because in my head immediately I thought of like, if if I was watching this movie this way, and I didn't know, I would think that Yoda was like some, he almost looked like Obi Wan, like a uh, an older Obi Wan, who could help, right? Big muscular kind of guy, maybe. And to, and to think that this creature, right, is like, I'm gonna go take him to, you, go, I'm gonna take you to go see Yoda, right? And You go, okay, cool. I would have fell, I would have fell for it. I'm like, oh hey, that he's Yoda. The the puppet too is it's amazing you can actually tell just a little bit right I think uh, with this real high definition stuff you see just all the little uh, inconsistencies of it of just you know the technology of nineteen eighty (laughs) right you know seeing Yoda's puppet and like any anytime Yoda was anywhere there there always had to be like a bag or something near him almost you know directly next to him I was like uh, clearly it's a puppet. Yeah, except like one or two times where it was just like him, but you could, I'm sure you could do some type of weird, you know, picture to picture thing, uh, you know, whatever whatever was available, at that time, to uh, to do that. Also, too, like, uh, I had never noticed it, but C three PO's belly, if you look, it's actually um, it's like a nylon. It's not actually wires. It's like it's like a picture of wires. And it's like stretches. It's almost like it's a shirt, but with just like. Made it look like there's wires on it. And then the back of them, there actually is wires. So when there's like a side profile, like the little wires will, will pop out. I'm like looking at it. And so once I saw it, I, I can't now not look at it. Like just the movies now, when it comes to that aspect ruins. Cause every time I watched it, I like, how does Anthony Daniels fit in that with the wires too? Like you, there's no skin showing or anything. And by the way, I'll give it, I'll give it up to him. That thing looks really uncomfortable to try to handle. I don't know how he did that. I don't know if they actually shot on location with, like, snow with C-3PO. I know they were actually in the snow, but I wasn't sure with, like, the hangar stuff when he was there, if it is. That had to be just awful with that metal. And it probably just, like, shrinks. It gets, like, that warm, warped feeling, right? It gets, like, cold and sticks to your skin. Ugh. God. You're a trooper, Anthony. It's amazing you've, you've been doing this C-3PO thing forever. I mean, I guess it's great for you. You get to be C-3PO. Vader feels way more menacing uh this time around than he did in episode 4. And I think maybe it could have added to the bigger budget because now you get to see Vader like in his own with his own starship and and to see him in his own almost comfort zone where he he strategizes where Anakin sits there and probably thinks about certain things and just kind of be in this hideout. Um it just it felt like it really felt like a lair. Kind of thing like that actually felt like a very '80s type of trait, where it's like you know here's you know back at the evil lair with Darth Vader. Uh, that, that's what it felt like, and it it does make Vader feel way more menacing. And you could tell too um, in the comic books now. There's some of those comic books Vader gets kind of messed up um, as far as like fighting other Jedi and he'll get hurt. He's trying to you know adjust to the fact that he is more than half robots, um, but. Watching him in this movie, you could see the consistency of he doesn't really need fighting as much anymore. Like, he could choke people through a screen. Like, he controls everything. The the Empire is unstoppable. Uh, With the sheer amount of numbers and resources that they have, it's just like Vader has cocooned himself in just all this madness. And it like, I was actually just a little bit terrified of Vader, but again, it's cool because it just adds to it. You just, you feel the backstory. It's like, I feel like I'm looking at Anakin trying to get some semblance of whatever little left, little bit of life he left behind, right? It's like he lost Padme and it's, he lost his body, lost his master. It's like, you know, I have a kid. I don't want to lose him. You know, it, when he's talking to Emperor uh, Palpatine, and Palpatine's talking to the third person of, you know, Anakin Skywalker's child must be killed, and immediately you hear it in, in in Vader's voice. It's like, well, how about we turn him? It's just there's a little bit of mercy there, that you know he feels, and that he wants to he wants to turn Luke to the dark side and give him some power. It, again, it just it pulls the consistency of the prequels. I know the prequels get so much hate, but it's like. Lucas really probably thought about some of that stuff when he was, you know, portraying Anakin the way he did, the way he was probably portraying Obi-Wan, you know, clearly he was setting up for this to be much bigger than what it is, and I, it kind of sucks it's taken this long to, to figure that out, but I'm glad I did now, and just watching this movie, it just feels like, uh, just feels like there's some more depth there that I'm sorry I didn't catch on to, um, the, the stuff with Han... That, watching this now, too, it's almost... It's just it's a tad bit creepy. Just that, like, he's, he's really forcing himself on top of Leia. Um, I don't know, maybe it's... It's weird how, like... Every, everything gets cancelled now, right? Everything gets cancelled. People who have, like, old tweets get fired. So, you know, James Gunn and stuff. I'm seriously surprised no one has ever been like... Han Solo cancelled because he basically forced himself on leia it 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 really is very like he is emotionally just triggering her until they just kiss and then it's like yeah it's fine now they're a couple it's like that is it's just it's odd it just it feels like it's a couple steps off um and again they cancel call, I, please don't start that now i don't want to be the person who like triggers that I don't i don't want some somebody to listen like yeah yeah, that is, yeah, that's yeah, that is, that is a bad thing. You know, Harrison Ford ca- I'm sorry, Harrison. I'm sorry if I cancelled you, bro. Um I I I sorry, that's, all, that's about as much as I could do now. Maybe I, you know, don't not do it. That, that that that's all I can do now for you. Um not that you need it. I don't even know what I'm saying now. But again, it's just it's it's odd. But also too, Harrison Ford as as Han Solo such a, a calm collected character I, I, for whatever reason I've always thought like Han solo was kind of funny um just just off of share like if you had to mention Han solo what would you what would you say I would just say funny I think watching out like I don't know where the funniness I, I don't know why I would think that it, he certainly is smug which is cool I guess that adds to maybe that funniness but also too how just a, a leader he is he is very much a natural. Like when things go down, he knows how to strategize and and collect himself, and he very rarely just kind of lets himself uh, be defeated. Uh, I guess that's a, for lack of a better word. He he really doesn't ever you don't you don't really ever see Han Solo lose. You'll you'll see him get beat, right? You'll see him get out outsmarted, but he'll find a way to get himself out of that. It's it's very cool, man. I I wish we got a little a a little bit more with Han Solo. As far as like when Disney acquired it the the solo movie is just it's awful it really is just fan servicey um, but if we could do like another TV show like like a kid show I think a kid show would be really cool like um, almost like Ed, Ed and Eddie style if, if that makes sense of just him and chewie just having adventures and just it being weird and him being smug and smart and chewy just doing what he does or just being a big monolithic wookie helping Han when he's in tough tough situations, that'd be a great show, because the fact you could get this much out of Han the second time around, like, uh, it amazes me Harrison Ford didn't want to ever come back, like, this is, uh, I can honestly kind of see, like, people probably wanted to be more Han Solo than they wanted to be anybody else, right, because you, even though he was uh, a secondary character, and this movie is kind of split into kind of three parts with, or actually really just two parts with Luke and his training, and then Han and Leia going to Bespin, Um, it really feels like I think Han really got more of the star power out of that. And you could kind of see that now. You know, Harrison Ford really has um, kept his popularity going, even this this long. And And of course, you know, playing other characters too, but like when you mention Harrison Ford, Han Solo was like, Either your first pick or your second pick. It very rarely ever is lower than that, uh, and it's amazing, you know. And I that kudos to again. I think that's George Lucas potentially, maybe it's other writers, but somebody really got that right when it came to Han Solo, and what it is. And plus, too, the the Millennium Falcon this time around really just feels almost useless. I was getting some Iron Man three kind of vibes out of it where. Uh, Tony's having problems with the suit almost throughout the entire movie and then the suit works for him right in the nick of time uh it it was the same thing I mean obviously it'd be the other way around because Iron Man 3 came out later but I was like watching this going that's what it felt like but then on top of that too you just see Han going okay this thing going wrong let me fix it and again it's just it's cool that's what I'm saying like out of all the things Maybe a Han Solo show would work. That's just my quick thoughts on it. Uh, who knows? Maybe they are working on that. Everybody's getting a show now, anyways. Speaking of shows, though, there are some parts of this movie I can't watch anymore without thinking of the Family Guy stuff. It's serious. Like the Family Guy Star Wars uh, ruined some of this stuff for me. There's there's two jokes. Every time I like when I was watching this movie, that immediately the Family Guy thing comes up. One is. When um, Palpatine and Vader are talking about uh, turning Luke. <laughs> and Stewie goes, I, I could probably make a vibe all the way gay. No, no, to the dark side. Oh, right, right, right. Like, it's, yeah, I can't not think of it like I laugh. Even just watching this movie, like, yeah, it's the family guy. It's the failure. yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm such an idiot, but it's just, it's hilarious. And then the the second one is the um, uh, right on the Battle of Hoth. Right where the dude's lining up. They're like, hey, we should be good, all right? You know, as long as they don't have big camel walker things. And then look through the the magnifying thing. Magnifying thing? The binoculars. Seriously. And he's like, hey, Jim, look. Big camel walker things. Again, I don't know why it's funny. It just, like, when I watch the movie and I'm looking at that, it just, the scene pops up in your head. You can't not watch it. Even when you're watching it knowing that's not the lines, you still just put them there. Because it's that funny. So, Screw you, Seth MacFarlane. You, you ruined Star Wars. JK, I am kidding. You made it actually better. Those those things are actually very funny. I would say I would definitely recommend those um, if you're also a Star Wars fan, which if you are, you've definitely seen those. And who hasn't already seen Family Guy? Uh, the other thing too, Boba Fett in this one, he's uh, useless. I really, uh, I guess maybe it's just a, it's a look thing. This is the fact that this bounty hunter has all kinds of things going for him. But, like, watching this movie, I was like, you know, if I was watching this movie for the first time, I, I don't know where I would get this popularity for Bar- Bo- for Boba Fett. I felt like maybe it was a toy thing, like when the toys came out and maybe it was like, like Jordans are now, where they just only put so many out and it just, it's like a hype beast thing. Uh, just seeing Boba Fett, do like, I don't, I don't, I don't really don't get it. It's, it's like, I mean, by the time I was getting into Star Wars, like, the, the prequels were had already come out and, and things like that, so they'd already added a lot of stuff with the Mandalorian, at least for the most part, with, like, video games and whatnot, and you get to do, like, the jetpack stuff and uh, things like that. So you could add stuff to Boba Fett, but, like, watching it now, I was like, I don't, I don't really see it. Like, I don't see how any of the bounty hunters do anything. Also, too, why does Darth Vader need bounty hunters? He has a humongous army that they actually found the rebels, right? They send probe droids and found them again. It's like, I don't understand why you need a, a bounty hunter. I guess it's a pay thing. I don't I don't know. Maybe there's some weird inner politics that I'm not looking deeply into that George Lucas sublimity put in there, into there. Who, who knows? I mean, if I couldn't figure out the characteristics of, of Luke and Anakin, I'm sure there was something there with uh, Boba Fett and, and Vader. I just, I can't really see it. It's, you know, Bossk 2. It just... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many stuff now with Bounty Hunters. Uh, even more so now, I think, with, with The Mandalorian. Uh, just, it... Again, I'm trying to watch this movie like a fan. Like, that, that is watching this movie for the first time. It just... I see the little inconsistencies like that. Um, and even then, it was like... I bet if watching this movie, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe they'll do something more with Boba Fett. But then, I'm thinking episode six. I'm like, even then, he's not... He really is just nothing. Like, you don't even see him use the flame, uh, flamethrower or none of that stuff. You don't see that until the prequels. And even again, that's Django doing that, not Boba. Uh, it was it was weird. It, it's a weird little thing. Um, the, the poster to this movie, too, uh, they had this cool, like, Japanese-style anime arts uh that they did which i would have i would love a poster of that that is very very cool uh th- just to hang up it, it like it had like vader on the front of it and then on bottom it had the adats and, and thing like that you saw like hoth and you see like Luke and, and vader fighting with the lightsabers it just it looks cool it looks very cool uh i wish they'd maybe put that out or maybe i don't know it's maybe i could go back to the theater and they would have it so i i can only hope Seriously, I can I can only hope. Anyways, uh, again, this movie ages like a wine, man. It's it's my favorite. It's good to just watch and be in a theater watching Star Wars. It's an obvious A plus for me. Um, it it's it's cool too, man. Cause I it's it's like this. Every Star Wars movie that has come out since then, immediately the question is where does it rank with Empire. And that is a huge quality to Star Wars. I really feel like Empire itself has really backpacked this entire franchise for this long. Because when people think of Star Wars, I really feel like they either think of Episode 4 or Episode 5. It is one or the other, right? The the one that started it all or the sequel that made it even better. And the fact that it could go along for 40 years like that, even with just, you know... the. People don't like the prequels, people don't like the sequels, right? And for good measure, they're they're certainly never um, to quality of of Empire. I don't think any of them are. Uh, But yet somehow, man, people still continue to come back. I think we're all just waiting for lightning in a bottle again, right? Just waiting for Star Wars to be as good as this movie is. And I think it's a little foolish now. I think seeing how Star Wars is being handled... This time around, I don't want to get back into, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and all this, but it's just like, uh, it, it's it's nowhere near as good, but I think as fans, we all just kind of have our fingers crossed, of like, yes, maybe this is the one that'll, like, spark Star Wars and get it right back to quality, and The Mandalorian is definitely doing that, but again, that's a TV show, you know, that's not as big, it's not as grandiose, and I don't think TV is, um, is put in high quality, or... Maybe it is. I mean I people certainly watch TV a lot more. We are in an age of Netflix, so maybe the Mandalorian will stand the test of time. Maybe The Mandalorian will be the new empire where anything Star Wars comes out will be compared to that show. Uh, you know, only time will tell, really. Uh, but it's it's so much fun, man. It's just it feels good to always just have Star Wars and it's just been around for so long. I'm looking at other franchises and um They actually show the the trailer for that Ghostbusters movie, right? And it's just like, you know, this is the only third Ghostbusters movie and, you know, however long Ghostbusters has been around and it's like that also hasn't really been treated as well but uh, there's not as much of a buzz for that where versus when The Force Awakens came out and even when, by the time it was all said and done when Rise of Skywalker came out and people were very upset with where Star Wars was going people still came in droves because it's just like... It's Star Wars. It's it's a brand. We all want to see it. We all want to feel it. So, kudos to all my Star Wars fans. Good to see it. Hopefully, um, if the theaters are opening next to you, they're showing that movie as well. I can only pray to you that they are. It's It was definitely very fun uh, just to see a movie like that on the big screen. So, A+. Plus. Um, anyways, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for uh, following us as well. Go to Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Check out all our contents. We're on multiple platforms on Anchor, but uh, if anything, just Google Cinema Flavor. We're the first ones to pop up. I did a little SEO with that. So uh no problems. One word though. Cinema flavor, one word, no spaces. Or you can have a space. I'm pretty sure it'll it'll still pop up. Spot our Spotify page and our main page on Anchor pops up. So uh, if you listen if you don't listen to Spotify or if you don't you know, watch on like YouTube music, you know, we're on, uh, Podberry, things like that. There's some pretty obscure stuff that if, if you have that, we're on it. So, you know, shout out to Anchor as well for doing that. So anyways, guys, you have a good one and I'll see you later. Bye.